This is a HeadGum Original. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. God, seems like a thousand years ago. I fought my way out of that cave became Iron Man. Realized I loved you. I know I said no more surprises, but I was really hoping to pull off one last one. The world has changed. None of us can go back. is our best and sometimes the best that we can do is to start over i saw all these people die i keep telling everybody they should move on some do but not us Even if there's a small chance, we owe this to everyone who's not in this room to try. We will. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. and watched a three-hour movie. I feel oh, insane. That's a lot to do right after landing. It is. Home. It that's is. Just, that's, that's called homework. That's real. homework. That's dedication yeah. to the art form of podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. You are dedicated. Oh, my God. I'm going to be a Looney Tune this episode. Well, this is Newcomers. We're covering the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm Lauren Lapkus. And I'm tired. I'm uh-huh. Nicole Byer. This is the 17th episode of the fifth season. Wait, that's a really good thing. We're we don't almost have that done. many left. I thought we had more left. Oh, my God. No. Okay, we're working our way through the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe with the help of fellow newcomers, super fans, sometimes even people who've contributed to the films. And it's going to be a 20-episode season. So we're almost done. Oh, my God. 
Um, obviously, we won't get to everything, but today we will be discussing the fourth fourth this Avengers is the fourth I thought Avengers it was the third movie? I thought it was the second oh shit fourth oh, wait, Avengers no 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 no, no, there, no. <laughs> you know there what have, you know. yes there have been because this was the I sequel was the third this is this oh okay this is the sequel to the uh, you know well, we can't whatever. we can't we can't we don't, we don't know everything but we've seen everything okay it's Avengers Endgame 2019's when it came out and it's on Disney Plus and uh, Amazon Apple Google Play Voodoo and we're gonna spoil it Obviously. We're going to spoil the fuck out of this movie. Uh, wait, okay, Lauren, before we introduce our lovely guest, what are your initial thoughts on this three-hour-long movie that could have ended several times? I thought it was going to end several times, and it didn't. And then I would go, oh, shit, there's another two hours left. <laughs> like, no idea what's going on. Um, I thought it was very long. Yes, I did. But I also I thought, I also thought it was one of the smartest. Yeah movies that we've watched they had many storylines timelines to weave together Mm -hmm. lots of jumping back and forth and it all made sense i actually was like wow that's actually really impressive that they did that (laughs) so that part i was really i really liked i was like wow that's smart what did you think i thought it was smartly done i really liked infinity war the more i thought about it i was like no i actually like enjoyed that movie so i was very excited to figure out how the dust people came back well yeah Um, i was looking forward to that yeah and i liked how they explained it i liked dr strange being like i can't tell you what's up no 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 yeah um yeah i thought it was really fun i will say Scarlett Johansson, whoever's doing her wigs, hates her, like really (laughs) hates her to the point where I was like this. I would be offended. Like I would look in the mirror every day and be like, why? Go look at the picture again to see her. So they did this insane thing where they pretended that she grew out a wig where she had a blonde bob. (laughs) The ombre. Her red, her natural red hair. So to insinuate she never got a haircut in five years. What the they really did her dirty. They don't oh, yeah, like her. It was her. really wild. I was wondering about that hair. Um, Not for during me. it. And if it was like, a spo- like an exciting spoiler, like what does it mean that her hair looks like <laughs> that? Like, I don't know. I thought that at some point. Um, but I also thought maybe it was her real hair for a second because I'm really stupid. And then I was like, what if she went out like that? And everyone was like, oh, I guess her character is going to do that. And then of course, it's not real. The bob might have been her hair because it was a that was like a pretty OK wig if it was a wig, but also could have been her hair. I'm not sure. We would have to ask Scar Joe. Um, yeah. Oh, well, I know why her hair looked like that. Ooh. Oh, let's introduce well. our guest. It's Joel Kim Booster, actor, writer, comedian who wrote and produced and starred in Fire Island, which is streaming now on Hulu, currently starring an Apple TV Plus show called Loot, which premiered last week, plus a stand-up special, Psychosexual, has dropped on Netflix, too. Ooh, Joel Kim Booster, tell us about that oh hair. Oh, my God. We're so excited here. Well, it's very clear. Her colorist turned into a dust person. And then she couldn't find another one. <laughs> That's she was she was calling around. She couldn't find every colorist yeah. was taken yeah. in the snap. Every just, single colorist. Just by coincidence. Yeah. 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 They all got snapped to dust. Yeah. That's really That's, stressful. I love that. I love that I rushed your intro for that. <laughs> can I just say, and it was totally worth it, but can I just jump back and say Fire Island is so fantastic. We were talking about it's it a little really before we great. started, but I want everyone to go watch it because I loved it. Um, I just so thought it was much. so great. And you, I'm excited about you. your Netflix special. And that new, that new show called Loot is with Maya Rudolph. And that looks really that good. That looks fun. Yeah. I oh. keep joking. I keep telling people I'm on the Nicole Byer schedule right now. <laughs> it uh, sounded like a Nicole <laughs> Byer bio. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Things just dropping all at yeah, once. Me, uh, and then you go, now I have time. <laughs> I'm on, I'm on the Nicole Byer schedule, except I do not have time to juggle eight podcasts. Yeah, um, yeah, somehow. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel so bad. I used to have a podcast called Urgent Care. I loved it so much. It was Mitra Johari. And we both were like, we're too busy to do this now. Meanwhile, you and Bo and Yang, two of the busiest people in Hollywood, yeah. have somehow <sighs> managed to maintain all of their podcasts. It's it is called being mentally ill and loving to talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's a factor. <laughs> Especially for this one where we have to watch so much yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like, and oh Lord, you literally have a child and you've yeah, managed to make no, it work. A I, whole ass baby. Yeah. I was like, I can't do once a week. I can't do that. <laughs> it starts to feel crazy sometimes, but I do think um, Zoom has made it a lot better. Yeah. Imagine, Nicole, yeah, if you were still running around everywhere, it would not be possible. I do not know how I did that before the pandemic. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know how I did in-person podcasting ever. I know. It's so oh be so much driving. Too much. Well, all right. Joel, please, what was your first experience with Marvel? How did you get in, um, into it? So here's the thing about me. I am a dyed-in-wool comic book geek. I have, like, the first thing I ever bought with my allowance when I was nine years old was a comic book. Um, I am... I will say I lean heavily um, DC. Like oh. those were the mostly the comic books that I bought growing up were DC. But I will say the the Marvel comic books that I did follow really closely were X Men and Avengers. Like I was really big into team books. I love when they team <laughs> up. I love when they're all together. The vi- the, the drama, the soap opi- the soapiness <laughs> of when superheroes are together in a room. And so like the Marvel movies are for me. Like, they really are for me, especially, like, these first couple of phases of the MCU, I think, like, really scratched an itch in the back of my brain. I will say Endgame is one of my favorite of the MCU movies, but I also think that it is one of the MCU movies where you see it start to come apart at the seams, the the shared universe of it all. And I I do think it's a sharp decline after Endgame. I really do. Mm. I think that the the movies and especially some of the television stuff that they try to do, it's just, it's, it's becoming unwieldy. Like they are losing control of the thread. And like, I'm sure there is someone whose job it is to like make sure that the continuity is, is like, you know, um, coherent across all movies and and television, but it is not. They're not doing a great job anymore. And I <laughs> oh, and I think no. you're and I think you start to see it in Endgame actually with certain threads and th- certain storylines. But by and large, like I will say, I have seen the last hour of Endgame. Um, no less than twenty one times because when it was available on Delta. <laughs> Whenever I, I like, whenever I would have not enough time to watch an actual movie, mm-hmm. I would be like, oh, we're landing. Let me go to the end of Endgame and watch the amazing fight scene when all of them come back. Because that, that is what you want. Like, that is all I ever wanted growing up and as being an adult is watching all of these superheroes, like, communicating and coordinating and fighting and, like, teaming up in little battles. Like, it is everything that I have ever wanted. It is, like... It, to me, it is the same thing as this. This is a bad movie that everyone hates, but Attack of the Clones, at the end of that movie, when all of the Jedi come out and are fighting together, like when you see more than one Jedi, it is uh-huh. everything to me. Everything. 
It's yeah. funny because I saw Attack of the Clones and I have no clue what you know. You're what's really about. funny? When you said Attack of the Clones, I pictured Mars Attacks, and I was like, Oh, I've never seen that. But we did a whole podcast about we Star did Wars, and, and I did I not know what you were talking truly about. Truly, I was like, no The Jedi idea. are in the Mars. Movie? I was like, What? I'm so out of it. Um, that is so funny. So wait, what? What I was hearing, and I want to know more about this because when we've been watching Avengers, I struggle when they all get together. I don't mm-hmm. love when they're all hanging out. <laughs> Me I don't either. like when they're all hanging out. I want them to do their own thing. And I want to know I why you like mind when they all- <laughs> it in this one. But like, I think you're like still. Okay, so now I remember the first two were Joss Whedon ones where they were like being quippy mm, or whatever. Right. Yeah. That's what we didn't like. Yeah. yeah. But this one, I felt like there was like actual emotional stakes. Well, and then there is like spiritually, this is the fifth Avengers movie because oh. you there is an argument to be made that Captain America: Civil War is sort of a low key oh, Avengers yes. movie mm-hmm. because that's the one where they fight um, and they all get together and they fight. Um, here's the thing, and I think that this is just built into me as a comic book fan. When I was young and I had an allowance and I could only really afford one or two comic books every week, I would always gravitate towards Justice League or Avengers, because Mm -hmm. it felt like sort of maximalizing, like, what I was getting for my money. Because it was like, oh, if I Mm. I buy a Batman comic book, I'm only getting Batman. If I buy Justice League, I'm getting Batman. I'm getting Wonder Woman. I'm getting Plastic Man. I'm getting Huntress. I'm getting all of these secret. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Plastic Man. Man. Googling him. Plastic Man. Plastic Man is DC. Like basically he has the same powers as Mr. Fantastic. He's stretchy, but he's funny and quippy. He's amazing. Um you gotta check out Plastic Man. And he's wearing some shorts. Come on, this belt. Yes. It's very stretch Sunglasses. This is wild. I love Plastic Man. Yeah, you gotta. I that's who I want to play in a superhero oh my God, movie is Plastic so Man. Awesome. Um, I mean, I would, would love really to see you in these me. shorts in this belt. Yeah, I don't so think good. the CGI is quite there yet. Um, but <laughs> once the CGI catches up to me, then I am willing to play Plastic Man. Um, but yeah, I think so. I think that's partially why I like the team ones a lot. Is that it's just built into to what I enjoy about superhero comic books is especially like the big group battle scenes. I find like the way they're choreographed and the way that like, especially the way they like sort of weave in, in Endgame especially, there's a lot of fan service or a lot of like gestures at sort of like arcs that the characters have Mm -hmm. in with within the battles you know like you see like seeing certain people like return and fight alongside one another is really exciting to me and just like even small things this is so dumb actually I find this to be a really stupid part of the movie and yet it really like I, I cheered when I saw it was like Gwen Paltrow Showing up in her own <laughs> Iron Man suit. Okay? I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed I it. Too, liked but, it. But I love but it's, her. It's crazy. She has no training. She has never been <laughs> in a fight before. And suddenly and her first foray into battling is the the one battle where the fate of the universe is at stake. Like it is crazy. But like it's the hardest so on enemy. game for Gwyneth as a human and for <laughs> Pepper Potts in the movie. Because in this movie, I was like. Does she know which Avengers movie she's in? She that was just like, so you funny. know, like, whatever. Yeah, Tony, we have a kid now. <laughs> Seems nice. Like, I, I just, know. I love Gwyneth Paltrow. I know. I love, I love that story of how she didn't know where she, what movie she was in. <laughs> it's just so great. <laughs> well, they, they do that all the time. My other favorite part about Endgame, 
and and Infinity War actually is this is that they managed to get every single person who has ever appeared in a Marvel movie back. They even got Natalie Portman back for one day of reshoots uh-huh. for Endgame. Okay, they got everyone. Yeah. Except, Except for Lupita. Lupita Nyong'o. She said, said, no, thank you. Actually, she said I'll no. be doing, I'm doing mm-hmm. an off-Broadway play. That's literally why she didn't do I this movie. That. Because she did an off-Broadway play. And I think that is so funny. I would just love to be a fly on the wall in the conversation between her reps and the Marvel people. And being they're like, like yeah. really? She's not going to come yeah. back? And she's like, no. She can. It's live. It's eight days a week. She can't do it. It's at Playwrights Horizons in New York City. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. I love that so much. Also, like, that's powerful to be like. It's very powerful. No, No, I won't. I don't need it. I'm going to do something artful. That literally, that literally maybe one like 60th of the people who saw Endgame saw the play that she was in and she still was like, <laughs> like, what a power move. Like, what a power move. I wish it's I got so to amazing. see the play to go, mm, the play was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> we need the facts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Wait, should we get into the Daily Bugle? Yes. Okay, the Daily Bugle is our new segment. Bebop. It's a... <sighs> gonna give a recap of what's going on the sound effect is getting further away from the title so it's making less and less sense it was like so far like bebop (laughs) that's the bugle noise that's what a bugle is okay so nico santos from superstore and crazy rich asians is the latest actor to join guardians of the galaxy volume three which is so exciting i love nico i love nico so much and i'm so happy for him and i can't wait to see what crazy little alien he gets to play in this next movie That, I love those it. movies have a lot of fun roles for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Deadline announced that Jake Schreier will direct the newly announced MCU film Thunderbolts, which revolves around a team of Marvel villains and antiheroes who are hired by the government, sort of like Marvel's version of the Suicide Squad. Oh, are you familiar with Thunderbolts, Joel? Yes, I am familiar with Thunderbolts, and that is what I think Julia Louis Dreyfus is sort of sneaking around the MCU sort of compiling the team that will then eventually become the Thunderbolts. And it's, it's in, she shows up, technically she shows up first in Falcon and Winter Soldier, a Disney Plus show. Julie Dreyfus? This is so interesting. Yes, but she was supposed, her first appearance was supposed to be in the Black Widow movie, but then because of COVID, the timing of it all got fucked up. And so, it sort of sucks that the first time you see her isn't on the TV show because when mm-hmm. you see her in Black Widow, you're like, oh, that lady from the TV show is in mm. the movie. Yeah. And whereas if it happened the other way, you'd be like, oh, that lady from the movie is in this TV show? That <laughs> legitimizes this TV yeah, show. Yeah, for sure. Instead, mm-hmm. it sort of delegitimizes the movie in a weird way. But yeah, I have a lot of issues with the, the, the it, again, it's coming off the rails. Like they mm-hmm. just are losing control because there's too many, they've got their hands in too many pots. Wait, did Black Widow come out after Endgame? Yes. But she so did. It, it, it takes place, it takes place before the events of Endgame. Oh. So it takes place while she's on the run, like somewhere in, in the world um, before Infinity War. Basically. It's like between oh. Civil War and Infinity War, basically. Yeah, yeah. Which is why, which is one of the reasons why we're not watching it because 
that's just so depressing and complicated. We and we don't want to confuse you two. Thank oh my you. God. Our Thank brains you are so very much. small. Mine hurts. <laughs> yeah, it hurts all the time. <laughs> Another piece of news is uh, the Miss Marvel Twitter account posted a handwritten letter from Malala. Is that how I say her name? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. Thanking them for re- uh, re- reflecting a Pakistani American family on screen. Wow. So she wrote this note. That's sweet. It's a handwritten note, and it says, "It is not every day." that I turn on the TV and find a character who eats the same foods, listens to the same music, or uses the same Urdu phrases as me. What a joy to see Miss Marvel reflect the lives of a Pakistani immigrant family and reveal uh, a young superhero whose powers connect to her heritage. Thank you, Marvel and Disney Plus, and most importantly, Miss Marvel. Oh, how nice. Oh, that's sweet. That is very exciting. It's the power of a handwritten letter. Yeah. Also, this this cursive. It's nice. Yeah. I don't write in cursive at all. Oh, I I do often. Really? It is sort of, it's really disappointing that like Malala, after all she's been through, is being forced to acknowledge the MCU. Uh, (laughs) You know, like, like I I, know. What are the other notes she's writing throughout the day? I mean, she was just wrote a note to Miss Marvel, but. Yeah. I'm sure she's got it's like, things. I can't believe the MCU is the first time we're seeing this kind of representation on television. And it's, it's, this, it is kind of wild. It's sad. That is yeah. crazy. But good for them. But good for them. No, good and, for I've heard, them. and I've heard Miss Marvel is so good. We got chills watching the trailer. We did. It is a, it, it's a definite improvement than the last couple of entries that they've had um, in the TV side, for sure. I will say that. What is your favorite thing on the TV side? Um, I think WandaVision was probably the best. WandaVision and Loki, I think, were the best and most realized versions of them. And I think that it's it's also partially because they um, were just at the start and they they felt, at least WandaVision at the time, felt like the right amount of connected to the larger universe without Mm -hmm. it, but while also allowing it to be its own thing. But now since Captain Mar, uh, sorry, Dr. Strange has come out, it, it, it's Dr. Strange weirdly sort of, I don't know, it, it minimizes her journey in WandaVision in a weird way that like I didn't enjoy. I, I don't know. It, 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 it it complicates it certainly in a way that I don't necessarily think worked, but I did enjoy the show and the movie. Don't come for me. Well, the show I know is her like dealing with Vision's death, but I'm like at the end of Endgame, she seemed pretty okay. Yeah, I, I think that it's like a, a deeper exploration of her grief, which mm-hmm. is really interesting. And Elizabeth Olsen, I will say, is amazing in both WandaVision and uh, Doctor Strange. She's such a great actress. She's so, so good. I think... Um, it's WandaVision is worth watching just for her performance alone, I think. But it's weird because like in WandaVision, she like comes to terms with the loss of her husband or her love mm-hmm. vision and also the loss of her fake children that she creates with mm-hmm. magic. And then in Doctor Strange, it's like, never mind, she didn't. Like yeah, and, she's and that's, still real mad. That's yeah. sort of the problem that I have. With the what I talk, what I mean when I talk about that, there's it's sort of coming apart at the seams because what they're doing, and it actually reflects what happens in comic books a lot, where it's like mm-hmm. you have the individual books, like the the Scarlet Witch comic book, a lot is going on in there, and then you introduce her in another 
she has an arc in someone else's comic book and set and it doesn't always connect like mm-hmm. it doesn't always feel consistent and that is fine in comic books but i think for the movies and the television shows you do want a little bit more consistency over in terms of the growth that you're seeing these characters have i will say in endgame a perfect example of this is thor like the entire point of ragnarok is that Thor grows as a person. He decides to lead his people. He decides to step up and lead his people and like really get himself together. And then they completely ignore that growth Uh in Endgame in in order to make a visual fat joke, basically, about Thor. I know. And it's so annoying. It's so annoying. And it's like nothing. Like, it's just like, okay. Like I I thought that was really dumb. Because I also, I, I, started liking his character in such a new way mm-hmm. after Ragnarok. And yeah. it did feel really cheap. Yeah, I also didn't understand the choice because he, like, kills Thanos and then he, like, gets sad about his mom and gets sad about a whole bunch of other stuff. And I was like, why? Well, and the thing is, is there's certainly an uh, interesting story to tell about, like, his him feeling like a failure in all those ways. But they didn't have the bandwidth to do it in this movie. And so instead, they decided to make him fat as a sort of funny joke. Mm-hmm. And, it, like, as, like, to just sort of truncate that story and sort of boil it down to that. And that is what I found, like, sort of... I don't know. It really did feel like the Russo brothers were like, fuck Ragnarok. We don't care about the growth of the, this mm-hmm. character experienced. And, like, we're just going to do our own thing and, like, have him go on his own journey in our movies instead. And that is where I'm, like... If you have a character that grows in a way that may be inconvenient for your story, you should have to deal with it and like figure out a new way, a new yeah. arc for your for mm-hmm. this character to go on in your movie. Um, yeah. Because then, even at the end of Endgame, when he's like, he goes to Valkyrie and he's like, "You should lead our people." It's like, n- no, that's like I get that for story reasons. You want to mm-hmm. put him off in space, but like. That is the journey. Like he came. That's like, like the whole, the whole thing in Ragnarok. Yeah. Ragnarok was like he he didn't want to lead, and then he decides to lead, and it's like, and again we get back to this point where he's like, never mind, I don't want to lead anymore because it's this lame ass Massachusetts fishing village now, and not a cool, <laughs> cool like all different planet. I don't know. It, it really <laughs> made me annoyed with that part that is like my one big gripe i think with the movie is that storyline because it's just it feels like we're retreading stuff that happened in a different and one might argue better movie um, i would argue yeah <laughs> would you lauren would I, you would. Argue? I would fight about it um that was like my favorite one possibly that we watched ragnarok I liked Ragnarok a lot. You know what I didn't like in this movie? I didn't like that Captain America went back in time and then just like lived a life and they wouldn't tell anybody about it. Dude, I, was, yeah. I know. It seems rude. Also, it was like insane when he's just old and he's like, well. Yeah, and he's well, like, now- I got married and I am not telling you anything. You want to be Captain America now? But I-, I did like how that was like that five seconds to them. Was that? Yeah. Handy? I thought that was yeah. cool. That was cool. But then also I was like, how come he didn't land back where he was supposed to? Where's know, why his is little he on super a bench? suit? Why He's is he like, on a bench? So, what just happened? Why does he look like Joe Biden? He like, did. He did. Really? He really did. Oh, wait. Is he sitting on that bench because he didn't travel back and then just lived yeah. a life and then walked up to the bench? What? And then oh. was like, no, oh. yeah. Because he was oh. like, I remember wow. the day that I traveled back. Oh. And I'm yeah. just going to oh, remember to go back like, to that. Mm-hmm. But he shouldn't have because he should have created an alternate 
reality. Exactly. So it doesn't oh, make any sense. That it's part rude is to Peggy, hole. and it's the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> but that is confusing because they had that whole part where they were talking about how if you go to the future, mm-hmm. that's actually your past. So then, how did he even show up there? Like it doesn't make any. They sense. They negated the rule that they set up. Yeah. Yeah. Because right, they wanted to get rid of Chris Evans. <laughs> And then I was like, oh, is Chris Evans leaving the MCU? Is that, is, is this? Because he's that? literally old now and then he's going to die like a person, not a superhero. Yeah. I, oh. I think it is, I think the people who left the MCU after this phase, it like the thing is, is like, I'm actually going to really miss Robert Downey Jr. I think Me his too. performance. Yeah. I think he's great as Iron Man. I think he's especially great in this movie. But at the same time, like, if they stayed, I do think, like, they went out on top. Which is the way yes. you want to go. You know, yeah. like, you don't want to, like, you don't want to come back to Drag Race as an all-star and, like, <laughs> sully your reputation. You know, like, go out a winner. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah. know, and that's what I think they decided to do. Yeah. I Robert Downey Jr. is so good in these movies. So He's, good. He brings such a, like, rich, like, actor feeling to mm-hmm. it all where he, like, adds so much to every scene. But that CGI where he was, like, sickly... Yeah, Oof. that was pretty wild. That was crazy. But also, yeah. he looked much better in this than he looked in Infinity War. In Infinity War, he looked a little like, a little like, feeling oh. his age, a little thin. Yeah. yeah. And they yeah. kept putting him in flares. And I was like, this is a choice. <laughs> I often, I find that Marvel fans who are like, these movies should be nominated for Oscars are a little obnoxious and I don't agree. <laughs> I do think. If anyone would have been should have been nominated for their performance in these movies, it's Robert Downey Jr. I, I agree. Think, I think in this movie he is actually quite wonderful, and like the there's a lot of layers. I don't know. I think he's funny. I think the the death scene was very affecting. I cried. Yeah. The stuff with his dad, I thought was yeah. very good. Mm-hmm. Like. I yeah. think he was doing a lot and like, you know, we're probably just a few years away from somebody in a Marvel movie getting nominated for an Oscar and he just barely missed it. But yeah, but like, I wonder if they're going to bring back Iron Man and that's like huge shoes to fill. I feel bad for whoever does have to do that. But like, yeah, Iron like, Man will, will they keep be back, that character right? going. It feels like the character doesn't have a ton to do, though. Am I, I wrong? guess not. It's kind of like we're repeating a lot of the same thing with him. There is a, I can't remember her name and, and uh, Leah, you might know this better than I, but um, they're, they're basically creating a new Iron Man in the comic books. There is a young black tech genius girl. Yeah. Ooh. Um, and it's like, is it Lionheart, Leah? What is it? It's, it's Ironheart. Ironheart. Oh, Ironheart. Yeah. And so it's that filming, character I think, is. right now, actually. Okay, yes. that's so oh. cool. She's a 15-year-old. Engineer. Her name's is Riri yes. Williams. Riri Williams. Yes. This looks really cool. She's gonna be introduced in the in Wakanda Forever, the Black Panther sequel, and then wow. go on to the TV. It's like a like a backdoor pilot. That does feel like the perfect yeah. way to do that, though. Like yeah. not even address yeah. Iron Man anymore. Like we move on mm-hmm. to a whole new character. I love that. That's um, fun. Well, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more Avengers Endgame. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for 
my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there, and you know what? You can update it with an app, so every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Ooh, do you want to make your mom smile? Start Mother's Day with flowers or surprise her with gifts from the brand she loves. And guess what? It's delivered with the same day with DoorDash. Get 50% off your next order of up to $15 when you spend $15 plus on your next flower, convenience, grocery, or retail order now on DoorDash. And the promo code is NEWCOMERS. Listen, moms are a gift. I know that best. So give her the best this Mother's Day. Select from hundreds of expertly crafted bouquets to the best of tech to self-care essentials delivered right to the door. Get 50% off your next order up to $15 when you spend $15 plus on your next flower, convenience, grocery, or retail order now with the code NEWCOMERS. That's NEWCOMERS. Order using DoorDash today. Terms apply. Get a Mother's Day gift as unique as she is with DoorDash. And we're back. Okay, this Ooh, movie. Baby, this plot. We're about to get into it hard. Oh, God. Um, it was written by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely and directed by Joe Russo and Anthony Russo and released April 26, 2019. Um, all right, shall we? Yep, okay. <laughs> In 2018, Clint Barron teaches his daughter archery and then suddenly everyone except him turns to dust. About three weeks later, Tony Stark records a message for Pepper from the spaceship where he's stranded with Nebula. Suddenly, Carol Danvers. I'll never get over that this woman's name is Carol. She's like, I'm Carol. I'm My Carol. name is Carol. I was like, okay. <laughs> All right, Carol. <laughs> arrives outside the ship and pushes them back to Earth, which is so funny. And in that moment, I was like, Carol could end this whole thing. Carol seems yeah. to be the strongest. So, she, and and you see this, you see this play out a little bit at the end of the movie too, when she comes back to save the day, and it's it's the Superman problem. It's the problem that DC has had making Superman movies for years and years and years, which is you've created a character so powerful that it's really hard to create stakes and conflict mm-hmm. for a character that can base is basically the most powerful being in the universe yeah. in a lot of ways. Like it doesn't seem like. I, I don't know. Like, and so the only thing you can do with her is send her into space for God knows what reasons. Yeah. Why and like, was she in space? What she was like, I got a lot of things to do. What are you doing? This seems pretty pertinent. She also had her real hair in this part when she had her hair down, which made it clear that we were, cause we were debating whether it was a wig in the previous mm-hmm. movie. Um, I could tell the difference, and I actually knew that was really her hair now. Yeah, I think that's um, her hair, and then the short hair. And then hair. with the short hair. Boy, oh boy, oy, that was oy, a choice. Oy, oy. Oh my I was God. like, nobody braided her down. <laughs> this is this is not sitting on the head I know right. it was very poofed up in the back, like suburban <laughs> that, mom. That's like one of those things they did to like honor the comic books, but mm-hmm. I was like, 
not everything needs to honor the comic books. You yeah, know? and like sometimes um, you have to just go with like what actually looks great on a person. Yes. And I just feel like that haircut was not great. Not there, it. Yeah, there are a lot of women who can carry that haircut. For sure. There are. Yeah. There are a lot of them not And a lot one, of them are named Carol. Yeah, <laughs> actually, yeah. Or John and Kate plus eight. Mm, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, okay, they reunite with other survivors of Thanos's snap, which is so funny that this whole thing is predicated on like a jazz snap. Pepper, Steve, <laughs> Natasha, Bruce, a roadie, and a rocket raccoon. That's his. That's, that's that raccoon's full name. Oh, and the rocket. Avengers argue over how and why they lost the fight against Thanos. On one tip from Rocket and another from Nebula, Carol sets off to kill Thanos. A few Avengers join her, and they find him alone and defenseless on another planet. Thanos tells them that he used the stones to destroy the stones so they can't reverse what he's done. Furious, Thor beheads him. Gotta say, this felt very Shrek to me, where he's just like in a garden, gathering yeah. things, making some uh-huh. soup. Oh my God. I was like, this is Shrek. Somebody needs to recut that part of the movie with All Star immediately. <laughs> oh my God. If you're listening and know how to do that, that would please be so do that. Funny. Can oh, I, I would say. <laughs> You, you guys probably didn't watch the trailers for any of these movies while they were coming out, or mm-hmm. you certainly don't remember seeing yeah. them. But I will, gi- I will give Marvel props that, for the most part, they're really good at cutting trailers just using footage from the first, like, 30 minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. And not... Because, like, all the trailers for Endgame were scenes from, like, them preparing to go and find Thanos. So you think, going into Endgame, that this movie is going to be about them, like, tracking down Thanos and, like killing him or getting the stones back mm-hmm. or doing whatever they need to do. And then this happens within the first like 15 and you're like, oh shit, oh, what exactly, fun. what yeah. exactly is this movie going to be about? Yeah. Yeah. I, it was a very good twist. And then, okay. So five years later, Steve Rogers now leads a support group. I thought that was wild for those left behind. Yeah. Uh, but then in San Francisco, Scott Lang escapes from the quantum realm, which I guess happened at the end of Ant-Man. Oh, this I'm reading. Okay. Where he becomes yeah. strapped at the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp. When a rat activates the quantum tunnel instead of Luis's van, he learns what happened to the world, reunites with his now teenage daughter, Cassie, and then goes to the Avengers compound. That I thought was like really smart. I didn't see Ant-Man and the Wasp, but I was like, Oh, okay. Something happened at that point, but I like that I knew that that he was gone Mm -hmm. or like supposedly gone. We need to back up really quick to this support group because (laughs) Marvel made a lot of hay going into Endgame that there was going to be gay representation in this Oh no, was it just the support group? Wait, was it it just that man going on a date? It was (laughs) just that man going on a date. And I believe, Leah, correct me if I'm wrong, that is one of the Russo brothers, right? It sure is. Oh. Yeah. Oh my so God. that is really funny. One of the Russo brothers, one of the directors of the movie. They're like, don't worry, we've got it covered. And it's just like, and they one couldn't one. even, they couldn't even throw like some gay actor a bone. Like they yeah. couldn't even throw, like, <laughs> like get, get Leslie Jordan in there. And oh, like, boy. <laughs> How funny that would be. I went on a date with somebody. <laughs> You're like, what is this movie? <laughs> this took a turn. I would love it. I would love it. So yeah, that was their big gay representation really moment. And it was wild. so obnoxious. So yeah. obnoxious. really wild. I think like Bill is like the first the first gay character in the MCU. Oh my all, god. Which is yeah. Hard to even call that a character. Wow. That's great. Nameless man. <laughs> nameless man who nameless man who cried during dessert. Uh, <laughs> I hope it says that on his IMDb. Yeah. <laughs> the only time I cry during dessert is when I see the portions. So small. 
Oh, my God. Okay, so at the compound, Black Widow checks in with other Avengers across the globe and galaxy. Scott arrives and tells them that the five years he spent in the quantum realm only felt like five hours. And that, therefore, it might be theoretically possible to travel back in time, retrieve the Infinity Stones, and bring everybody back by doing their own snap. (laughs) To help with the physics, the group goes to Tony Stark, who now lives in the woods with Pepper and their five-year-old daughter, Morgan. Tony initially declines and sends them away, but then later at night cracks the science in one go uh, behind time travel and debates what to do. Meanwhile, the other Avengers recruit Bruce Banner, who has somehow made peace with the Hulk and now lives as a smart Hulk hybrid. (laughs) I literally was like to Mike, I'm like, why does he look like Mark Ruffalo now? And he was like, they'll explain it in a second. (laughs) Okay. Um, It didn't quite make sense to me. I was like, so he's just somewhere in between. Yeah. And like then the part, well, which we'll get to when, um, what's her name from Dr. Strange? Um, the woman. Uh, oh, my God. oh, Tilda uh, Swinton. Yes. Tilda Swinton. Yeah. When she like punches him out of himself. Mm-hmm. It, I just was like, what's happening? Like, and does he want to be in the Hulk body or would he rather be able to go back to himself? Because it felt like in that moment he was like mad that they were separated. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think I think the implication is, is that if he goes back to just being regular Mark Ruffalo, he will always have to deal with like. When he gets angry, he becomes the Hulk. And so the answer is to just be Hulk, but have his control over his emotions. Oh, and so it's, that, it's not that out of control thing where he loses himself within. Yeah. I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I will say the scene of the Hulk and Ant- when Ant-Man is like, hey, do you want a picture of me too? Um, that is exactly what it's like going out with Bowen Yang in WeHo. <laughs> uh, where like everyone's like, Bowen, Bowen, Bowen. And I'm like, uh, hi. Like, I can also pop in. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, thank you. Um, so they run some unsuccessful time travel tests on Scott Lang, which this went on for a little bit too long. He came back as yep. a baby, a teen, an old man, and he peed himself uh, before Tony shows up with a time travel GPS as well as Steve Rogers shield. And Nebula and Rocket rejoin the Avengers on Earth and they recruit the remaining members. Bruce and Rocket travel to New Asgard in Norway and recruit Thor, who has fallen into a depression. Natasha goes to Tokyo to get Hawkeye, who has fallen down a dark path and become and has become a ruthless assassin targeting criminals who survived the snap. And their dynamic. <laughs> the snap will never not make me laugh. I'm so sorry. I know. <laughs> when they get back to New York, Hawkeye volunteers to do the time travel test run and it works. Now, what's going on with Natasha and Hawkeye? And yeah, Hawkeye's married in the first minute. His family disappears. Mm-hmm. Then I feel like there was tension with Natasha all the they, time. I think they had like something going on. At one point, they were like, this isn't Russia or so. I don't know. They said like this is like to Budapest. They have, Budapest. Yeah. They have like a backstory there. Yeah, but it's like fr- they're, they are strictly friends. I think like. Oh. Okay. And I think the fact that you you struggle to see that is really <laughs> it's really telling. Me. Yeah, yeah, it <laughs> really that. is telling about uh-huh, the way uh-huh. society has affected oh, you. Oh yeah, um, um, yeah. I mean, men and women can't be friends. Sorry about it. Yeah. They fuck or they hit each other. Yeah, I struggle with Jeremy Renner. I do. I, I like his haircut. As no! a person, I struggle with him. Oh, because I, I picture when it got all he's wet. Good. Okay, wait. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What'd you say? I just. I just, I struggle with Jeremy Renner. It's sort of the Chris Pine of it all, where you like know too much about who they are as real men, as like mm-hmm. real men. Yeah. That it, it, be- it becomes distracting to watch them on screen suddenly. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes the fact that like Hawkeye is sort of like the heart of the movie a little bit 
of a struggle for me. I don't think I know much about Jeremy Renner. Oh, I know a few facts and I want Joel to tell more because I know that he flips houses. Oh. And I also know that he's Hard to believe he's a superhero flipping houses. You belong to HGTV, bitch. Had an album. What? Of music. Right? Yes, that is that is definitely true. He's just said a lot of really like um, not great things. Mm. Um, I'm not familiar with his quotes. <laughs> yeah, over like he had he's had a couple of really douchey um, quotes come out. He also had a social media site game that was um, all about oh, him. Yeah, I thought, he had, all an, about I thought what? he had an app or a site. Yeah, it's about him. It was a Jeremy Renner app, and it was just oh, about him. That's pretty yes. funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean. You gotta love yourself. Yeah, yeah. he's just. I, I don't. We don't need to. We don't need to dwell too much on it. But he is not. He's a little bit of a douchebag. He's um, not for you. He's not for me. Um, but I do weirdly find it, even despite that, a lot of the stuff with Hawkeye very effective in the movie. I will say, yeah. like when when his family disappeared, I cry. Yeah, you know? well, that it was, was sad. Because I like that yeah. the littlest one with the big fluffy hair who's like, I like ketchup. And then he disappeared. And I was like, oh, no. Well, I knew something yeah. crazy was about to happen because it was like such a weird start to the movie. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, ketchup or mustard? I like ketchup. It was like really slow. And I was like, what's going on? Something's about to happen. <laughs> of course, I'd forgotten that everyone was in the middle of disappearing into moths. But um, <laughs> it was really crazy. <laughs> and then I was like, if I were him, I would wish that I had just disappeared because that would be horrible. Your whole family yeah. just gone. I can't. Well, that's why he started murdering. So the Avengers <laughs> plan out their time heist <laughs> using their past to pinpoint destinations for Infinity Stones. Thor explains that the Reality Stone was on Asgard in 2013, essentially summarizing the events of Thor Dark World. Nebula and Rocket know from Guardians of the Galaxy and Infinity War that the power and soul stones or are, are on Morag and Vormir, respectively. <laughs> the other stones, they're all in New York in 2012. Loki had the mine and space stone during the Avengers and as far as they know Doctor Strange had the time stone a few blocks downtown and then I didn't understand I mean I guess I'll get to the part where they talk to Tilda Swinton but like Mm -hmm. when he gets there and then she's like he hasn't come here yet I'm like wait does she know all the past and future at the same time I, I think it's implied that she has like she some just has insight that. into what's gonna happen yeah like in the same way that Stephen Strange knows like what's gonna like mm-hmm. all the different many things that could happen I think yeah. like Wearing the time stone sort of gives you a spoiler. But why didn't she know about Thanos and Stephen Strange giving? She was like, he must have given it for a reason. Like, how come she didn't just know that? You know, that's a good question that I do not have an answer to. (laughs) And that is a note. That is a note that you should have given in the room. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I uh, foolishly was quiet in the room. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, they split into three teams. Rogers, Stark, Banner, and Lang arrive at the Battle of New York. Bruce Banner goes to the Sanctum Santorum and finds the Ancient One there because Doctor Strange hasn't happened yet. And they bargain and brainstorm for the Time Stone. And the Ancient One warns against creating branch alternate realities. At Stark Tower, Scott and Tony attempt to steal the Tesseract, a.k.a. the Space Stone, but but loses it to Loki, who uses it to escape. Steve obtains the scepter, a.k.a. the Mind Stone, after first pretending to be an undercover Hydra agent, then fighting his 2012 self. (laughs) That part Uh, was wild. Yeah. It was great. And I do love that they call out his ass. Like him looking at his own ass. The the scene that launched a thousand 
fan fictions um, <laughs> of just Steve Rogers fucking himself um, on yeah. the ground. Like, I mean, yeah. he does have a good butt. When he's laying there on the ground, I was like, that is a nice little Damn. Run. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes me horny to this day. Yeah, it made <laughs> me pretty horny, too. I was like, mm, yum, yum, yum. So Tony, Steve, Bruce, and Scott rendezvous. Um, Bruce and Scott go back to the present, forced to improvise. Steve and Tony go to a S.H.I.E.L.D. base in New Jersey in 1970. Did Was that Stan Lee in the car? Did they CGI him in there? Yeah, oh, I think he's, so. He, he hadn't died yet, I don't oh, think. Oh, he hadn't. No, he had. He died. I think he had, right? He died right I, before Captain Marvel. Oh, okay. Because that was pretty wild. Well, they I they might. Like, I mean, but also they filmed these all at the same oh. time. So oh. yeah. I I don't think they're doing. I don't think they're digitally inserting Stanley anymore. Like I don't think okay, that that's good. a thing that they're doing. So I think he probably filmed this before. Um, I don't know. It would be so weird if they were digitally inserting him. I don't like that at all. I don't like that. I'm I don't looking like it at either. a picture where it looks like they're filming it and he's sitting there. I can't tell, though, because I don't know what's real in the world. <laughs> <laughs> that all might be fake, too. Um, oh, my God. Okay, so they know Howard Stark is studying the Tesseract and Hank Pym is developing Pym particles. It's so funny that they're all just in the same building. Uh, They are successful, but Steve is distracted by Peggy Carter and Tony runs into his own daddy and his father's butler, Jarvis? Yeah. Oh, wait. Who's Jarvis? Wasn't his character, wasn't his like thing named Jarvis that he used? Yes, the computer was named after this man. Uh, Oh, And then the part with his dad... Where he's like, I hope I don't have a son. He'll be just like, or he'll be just like me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> whoops. Whoops, whoops, whoops. You're telling the exact wrong person. Um, so Thor and Rocket arrive on Asgard in 2013. And Thor has a panic attack when he sees his mother, Frigga. Her name moments, is Frigga? <laughs> moments before he knows she'll Big be Frigga. killed. Big <laughs> <And> so... <laughs> So Rocket goes to get the Aether, a.k.a. the Reality Stone, while Thor talks to Frigga. Before they leave, Thor summons Mjolnir and takes that with him as well. Um, I thought the moment with his mom was really nice. It was really sweet. This is also confusing, though, because, like, in that timeline, like, is Thor just missing his hammer now? It's a chaotic thing for him to do. Because he doesn't know that they're going to go. Thor does not know that Bruce has decided to take back all of the stones to, like, close loops. He doesn't uh-huh. know that that's the plan. So I, because like at the end, you see Steve has the hammer and he's going to take it back. But Thor didn't know that was the plan. So for all he knows, yeah, he's just left another Thor without a hammer. Yeah. Interesting. I feel like Rude. when I watched this, I <laughs> thought everything connected and it made sense. Uh-huh. And then now I'm going, oh, I guess there was. Yeah. They got but to. then I was like, there was a point where Thor didn't have a hammer, but it landed in the middle of somewhere, and that's where he meets Natalie Portman. So yeah, um, can I can I also share that the reshoot Natalie Portman did was not the scene with Rocket Raccoon. That was old footage from when she actually shot Thor: The Dark World. The reshoot was just her in the hallway with the maids walking into the room. That was what they called Natalie the Portman back to set. Wow, to film walk down a her, hall to walk down a hall. And quite honestly, I'm sure she probably was like. Whatever it is, just make it me walking down a hall. Like I'm sure, Nat- like <laughs> Natalie Portman was like, and I'm sure she got paid a million dollars. I well, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, how much do you get paid for the just to pop in for a day at that point? Oh yeah. my god, what is a day rate when you're Natalie Portman? 
Yeah. I know. Sag minimum. Sag minimum. <laughs> she got $1,500. Or is it 1500 yeah. I mean, uh, I don't great. know. Um, <laughs> arriving in space in 2014, Clint, Natasha, Nebula, and Rhodey split into two teams. Clint and Natasha head for Vormir while Nebula and Rhodey wait for Peter Quill to arrive on Morag and steal the org, a.k.a. the Power Stone. But 2014, Thanos, Nebula, and Gamora, who has not yet met Peter Quill and is not yet a Guardian, they're also looking for the Power Stone on Morag. And then they detect the other Nebula which I was like, oh no, Nebula, you're oh, that was a so liability. Cool. I didn't like that. I didn't Me like that. either. Rhodey gets away, but 2023 Nebula is captured. Um, 2014 Thanos learns of the Avengers' future plans and sends 2014 Nebula back to 2023 as a spy. But I feel like with Nebula, wasn't it in, what movie was it? The one before this, I guess, the Avengers before this, where she's like hanging and being tortured. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I hate the visual of her I don't hanging like, it either. like that. Yeah, it seems yeah. so painful and awful, even though she's not real or something. I right. don't really understand what she is. She's like a cyborg with feelings. She used to be like a humanoid, but oh. then every time she lost or did something bad, he would replace one of her parts with an like an android part. Oh, that's really as, sad. Like, to in order to like make her better, and that's why she is the way she is. It's kind of Wizard of Oz ish. She's the yes, Tin Man. Yes, exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I get it now. Make it make sense in ways that no one understands. Um, meanwhile, Clint and Natasha arrive on Vormir. They meet Red Skull, learn that one of them must die in order for the other to obtain the Soul Stone, and the two fight over which of them should sacrifice themselves. Nat wins, so to speak, and jumps off the cliff to her death. Also hated that. I hated that I'm too. Sorry. I saw this with Bowen in the theaters and we were screaming. I thought it was <laughs> so, so funny. The escalation of like, the like constant escalation of like you not knowing which one of them was going to mm-hmm. It was so, so funny. It was like, I, I thought it was hilarious and I thought it was so well done. And then deeply affecting when it was, did end up being that. Mm-hmm. And I will say they, they did a pretty good job. Like I really could have seen it going either way. It was yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And I, I really did think it was going to be a Shantae you both stay sort of moment. Um, <laughs> but, you know, but no, it was one of those one close lip syncs. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Clint returns to the present with the other Avengers, minus Natasha, including 2013 Nebula and the Stones. They construct a new gauntlet. And Bruce Banner volunteers to do the snapping. <laughs> Elsewhere, 2014 Nebula opens a portal, bringing 2014 Thanos to Earth. Just as the Avengers realize their snap was successful, 2014 Thanos attacks. Wait, can I? I have a question, actually, Leah. Um, I'm not sh- quite uh, clear on how they time traveled. So Nebula takes the pin particle, and then she sneaks away while Bruce is snapping. And opens. She puts her fingies. She fingers a computer. Yeah, and opens the oh. machine again to let Thanos through. Oh, all of them though, like I, the big ships and everything. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about them, but I. But that's like the main ship. Got it. Was her. Okay, that that makes it. Oh, I do remember that part now, and I feel stupid for asking. But I just like the whole army that comes with. I guess was like confusing to me how they all got there. Yeah, I'm not, as I'm, well. I'm less clear on that. Okay, okay. Well, who? It, it's not important. Let, let's continue. Well, you know, let's we continue. can't tell you. <laughs> um, on Thanos' ship, 2023 Nebula convinces 2014 Gamora to switch sides. So, oh my God. The Avengers are scattered and scrambled to escape from rubble. 
2023 Nebula kills 2014 <laughs> Nebula. Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor confront Thanos and start a fight, during which Cap summons and wields Mjolnir, but Thanos slashes his shield in half and summons his army. But then Steve gets a message over comms from Sam Wilson and portals start appearing all around them, orchestrated by Doctor Strange. Sorcerers bring every Avenger and Guardian who Thanos snapped away, allies like Wasp, Wong and Pepper Potts in a suit of armor, as well as armies from Wakanda, Asgard, uh, Kemartaj, and uh, more to the compound to fight Thanos' army. I liked it. It was yeah, fun. Yeah, this is when it was getting a little exciting. I find, look, I've, I've seen almost every Marvel movie in theaters opening weekend. And uh, Marvel fans are like very apt to scream and cheer when certain things happen in movies. And I will say most of the time I, I am not down for that sort of behavior in the theater. <laughs> um, but when Bowen and I saw this stoned out of our minds at an Alamo draft house in Austin, Texas, we screamed and cheered. We did. Because it was very effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To react to these movies. I feel like that would help me if people were screaming around me while I watched them. Yeah, to be like, oh, okay, yeah. this, this is, is good. impressive. Okay. This is good. I like it. <laughs> yeah, it was fun though. But I will say, can I say, so this battle goes on and there's lots of casualties only in the non-superhero people that they bring. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of Wakanda people die. A lot of Kemertaj people die. A lot of, you know, every all of them die. Could you imagine if you came back from the snap and then immediately died in the battle? Oh, that would be, I would be so, so annoying. I'd be so, so pissed. I'd be like, this is so annoying. I literally just got back and now I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Now I'm dead again? Oh my God. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. And no one is snapping me back this time, babe. Like, <laughs> now it's for real, I guess. It's for real. Great. I got oh. stomped by a little monster. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, so Bruce orders they keep the gauntlet and the quantum tunnel safe so they can return the stones and eliminate alternate realities. This starts a relay race to get the gauntlet to the Ant-Man in Luis's van. From Clint to T'Challa to Spider-Man, Wanda attacks Thanos for visiting Thanos. Her vis- I give him like a really Greek name. Yeah, Thanos. Uh, <laughs> attacks Thanos for vis- killing Vision. He orders a missile strike, which is stopped by none other than Carol Danvers arriving late. <laughs> She's like, I just got out of the salon. Yeah, I just had to get a haircut. <laughs> so I will say the like passing of the gauntlet that those sorts of sequences, that is why I like the team movies. Like mm-hmm. the the movies with a lot of the superheroes because you get everyone gets their little moment and it's like it is a lot of, it is like scratching a very primal like itch in my brain to like watch superheroes like work together in tandem together and like those moments I just watched and I will say watching it again I teared up when I saw Chadwick Boseman yeah I did, I did. he was so good so so yeah. good I have a question so I'm going back a little bit. Um, when Peter Parker is like, I guess I just like took a nap. And then we were there for like five minutes. I was like, how come he's saying, I guess I took a nap. Why doesn't this little boy know what's going on? How come nobody explained shit to him? But then he was explaining everything. He was snapped back. And like to him, it's like, you know how sometimes you close your eyes and you wake up and it's 4 PM and you're like, Oh my Mm, God, I'm late. You know, like it's like that, but it happened across five years. And then there is, there was no time because Dr. Strange is like, we got to go. We got to help. Mm, and so he just didn't, you know, and he's a teenager. He's dumb. He's a little yeah. idiot. He'll catch on later. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so Carol, with an assist from the ladies, gets the gauntlet I, from Spider-Man. This fucking ladies let's get information moment is so... <laughs> It is it is Disney at its worst. I will say, like for Dis- it's like Disney flexing and being like, look at all the female representation that we have. Look at all mm-hmm. these female side characters that we've created across many different films. Like, <laughs> yeah, it right. Is, it is so annoying, and it is also doesn't actually make sense in the. It didn't feel organic at all because like Wasp is there, and it's like, wait a minute, Wasp was all the way over in the van. So you're telling mm-hmm. me Wasp was like, oh my God, the girls are getting together. I have to go. I'm so sorry. They can't do my this girls without are getting me. together. I gotta go and do that. I, I gotta get in the girl group pick. I'm you guys, so sorry. I wasn't even here yet. You started walking. <laughs> and I don't mean to, I don't mean to be a bitch about this because I'm sure that for some little girls out there, like that was very affecting and like it worked. But just like from a purely like story standpoint, I was just like, there is no reason to do this in this moment. And and if you did want to do it, there had to be a better way to, like, organically get all of the women there. And, like, to make it such a moment, too, sort of takes away from it. It's mm-hmm, like, yeah. just have just have, just have it happen. All the, where all, it just happens that all the female superheroes, right, that would like, be cool. are there. And it's, like, not, like, putting a spotlight on it in the way that they did just made it seem like, Look at all the good we do. Look at all the good we do. And it's like, just let it happen. Like, let it happen organically. There is a moment like that in Infinity War. There's a moment in that battle where I think it's like Black Widow and Okoye and then Wanda comes over and they're fighting fighting Carrie Coon. And it is just a lovely little, oh, it's it's all ladies here. That's kind of cool. It's different. And it doesn't make it doesn't make a point of like highlighting it in a way that like is like this is a this is a win for feminism. It just like (laughs) lets you it just wets you wash over it. You know, know, it it washes over you in a really subtle way, which is like much more effective, I think, than what this Beyonce moment is. Um, so they're trying to get to the van. Thanos destroys the van. Tony, Steve, Thor, and Carol fight off Thanos to keep him from the gauntlet. Tony asks Doctor Strange if they're doing the right thing. He hints that they are. Tony grabs the gauntlet and dis- distracts Thanos while transferring the stones to his own suit. Tony then snaps, turning Thanos and his army to dust and dies, surrounded by the Avengers and his wife. Ugh. I didn't like that. Yeah. I, like, I was very sad. I was like, oh, yeah. God. I know. And it's like real. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. what um, Shasir spoiled? She sure Nicole? did. Yeah, that's why I thought. Oh my God, that's so funny. She sure uh-huh. did. That's such a big spoiler. It was. And I knew going in what was going to happen, but it was, it happened in such a way that I was still like kind of taken off guard. And I was like, yeah. oh God, this is very yeah. sad. I know. Well, so then we have the funeral. So later at Tony and Pepper's cabin, the Avengers hold a funeral in New Asgard, Thor appoints Valkyrie as their people's new king and leaves Weird. with the Guardians. Finally, Steve prepares to travel through time and return each stone and Mjolnir. When he doesn't return, Sam and Bucky discover an older Steve sitting on a bench. He reveals that he decided to break the rules and retire and passes the shield to Sam. In a past moment, we see him dancing with Peggy Carter. I mean, I think that's really sweet. I thought I it liked was sweet, that he but I was like, did so that. did none of the Captain America stuff happen? Right, like, what does that mean for the for what did happen? The branching timeline that he created so yeah. that he could like get laid. I <laughs> yeah, it's also rude because he went to the Smithsonian and he saw her 
in a documentary talk about how she had like a husband and kids and he said whatever oh yeah, my god he's no. like right he goes no no we really no are a me. thing she's like it's no okay. me yeah <laughs> <laughs> no I will me say, the the level of detail in the the funeral i will give it to them they even brought back the little boy from iron man 3 like he is at that funeral okay i was if wondering there, if there was a boy and i was like who's that supposed yeah. to be yeah yeah it is boy? the boy from iron man 3 the one that well, we he didn't like see teams three, up right? with and helps oh you didn't see 3 mm. right yeah I think no so there yeah. in Iron Man 3 there is like a, a a child character that he that like helps Tony sort of like get back in touch with himself in a in oh. a very specific way and like they they form a close bond in Iron Man 3 oh. and and he ends up at the funeral as well and other fun fact none of those actors knew whose funeral they were at or if it was actually a funeral so they were all wow. shot separately yeah they were all, I don't know if they were shot separately but no, like they were just they, told they were shooting a funeral scene no, yeah. actually, they were told they were shooting a wedding. <gasps> yes, and yes, that's why they were yeah. in formal wear. Wow. You know how you go to a, a wedding in a black in all dress? black, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then that was like they were doing all the takes, and then they're like, "Actually, um, can we get one where you all look sad? Uh, yeah. Don't question it. Yeah, <laughs> this is just for funsies. How funny! Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that is, is the goofiness so of Marvel, but wow. I love it. I do love wow. it. Wow, that's fun to be doing something you have no idea what it is. Um, I, that also helps Gwyneth Paltrow's point that she was like, "Where am I?" Because there are probably times they just <laughs> yeah, don't no, anything. exactly. Or like, it's, exactly. Fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. It's fine. Just say the lines. Just say the lines. Who could possibly blame her? You know, I mean, like not I. <sighs> um. Okay. So in terms of awards, Endgame was nominated for an Oscar for Best Visual Effects and won in that category at the Critics' Choice Awards. It also was nominated for Best Score at the Grammys. Awards mm. trivia, Endgame is the first film to be the highest grossing film of all time upon release that didn't win an Oscar. Oh. With the reception of the film, Endgame grossed $2.798 billion wow. worldwide, becoming the highest grossing film of all time. It was surpassed in 2021 by a re-release in China of 2009's Avatar. Wow. That's insane. And the film That's opened crazy. out... crazy. <laughs> it was a re-release. <laughs> The film opened at $1.2 billion Oof. worldwide, which is the biggest opening numbers of all time, and nearly doubled the previous record, which was held by Avengers Infinity War. That's wow. so much money. Endgame has a high approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, holding a 94% approval. Audience polled on CinemaScore, giving the film a rare A-plus grade. Wow, they love it. Love it. We gotta take a break. <laughs> Now we're back from that break. Trivia! <laughs> yeah, so when Endgame surpassed Titanic's box office total, director James Cameron sent a congratulatory message to Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios, along with a photo of the Avengers A as the iceberg sinking the Titanic. Okay, so on. Wow. wow. You know what? I would rather James Cameron be working on Avatar 2 Instead of sending messages to people yeah. because I've been photoshopping. waiting. Photoshopping. Yeah. Been Photo waiting. Sitting at the Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> Endgame is the longest movie in the MCU and also the longest movie of all of the cast's careers. I mean, I'm sure that's true. It's like <laughs> very rare to do a movie that's over three hours. Yeah. Um, Robert Downey Jr. was the only actor who read the entire script, but they were all sent the script. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I guess they, <laughs> <laughs> he was the only one. <laughs> 
He was the only one who was sent it, probably. Uh-huh. Um, because he had to be died in He had to be yeah. dead. <laughs> um, as we mentioned in previous episodes, this film was shot back to back with the uh, Avengers Infinity War over the period of two hundred days. Wow, that's long. Woof. Oh, my God. Uh, Evangeline Lilly and Paul Rudd also filmed Ant-Man and the Wasp at the same Damn. time as this film. I'm like, what's my going on? God. And even though Captain Marvel was released a month before Endgame, Brie Larson shot her scenes for this movie first. The scene what? at the Avengers headquarters was Larson's first day on what? set as Carol Danvers. Captain Marvel's directors, Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleek, were there to ensure consistency between the films. But that's why her hair was her her regular hair in this one. Mm-hmm. And then they, and then movie they made it wigs probably so it's easier to deal with anyway, it's but. it's mm-hmm. it's a good thing that they did that with her character because she's not a character so it didn't really matter there wasn't much consistency that is true. To there's track. not a yeah. lot to the character mm-hmm. i wish the character had more personality like they don't give yeah. her a lot to play with no <sighs> no in fact the whole point of captain marvel is in her movie is that she's a cypher she doesn't remember who she is like right. oh, i could go i could go i could go because well, that's true because they on. show her like all her memories where she's like fun and doing things and yeah then and she's, she's like, like i don't know how to have fun i don't do karaoke yeah. I, I was just about to say i can't do karaoke anymore <laughs> i would never um here's a new segment is chris in this you better believe this movie had all the Chris's. A Hemsworth, an Evans, a Pratt. A Pine. A Pine? Oh, no, he wasn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> a Pine. No. No, 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 no. Not Pine. I was thinking of Pratt. I was literally imagining him dancing. I'm like, oh, wait, no, that was a different movie. No, that was what I was thinking of. Chris Pine is never in these movies. We don't know. I think he's in Star Trek. Yeah, who is that? Okay, great. And he's in, um, he's in Wonder Woman. He's in Wonder Woman. Uh, he's okay. Yes, yes, yes. So is there any other Chris, um, Joel, that you would love to see in this? That could be a Christine, a Kristen, uh, any Chrissy, you know? Um, I actually am surprised that she's not in it, but a Christine Baranski moment in mm-hmm. one of these we films. We need her to be. I would love her in this. Could be really yes. great. Yeah. Um, no, another segment is, is Kiss in this? This is a scene, a, a segment where we talk about if there was a kiss in the film. And was there a kiss? There wasn't, but I, I think, was really hoping that Tilda Swintz, after she got, or after she gave Bruce the Infinity Stone, I wanted her to just, like, kiss his little, his little nipple. She was eh. right there. Doesn't, do, do Peggy and Steve not kiss at the end of the movie? Oh, they oh, do. They, they definitely do. That's nice. Yeah. And that was a good romantic plot of the film. It was. Yeah. Um, okay, here's our segment, Five Star Industries where we read positive reviews of our own podcast. Um, this is <laughs> five stars it didn't from seem insane until it was phrased Cheese that May. way. I know. Five stars from Cheesemade 28 g This show is going to get me fired. Made the mistake of listening at work, and I nearly spat my coffee out all over my desk. My coworkers are starting to give me weird looks because I'm unsuccessfully trying to stifle my laughs. Worth it. I love that. So in addition to Apple reviews, we are also going to read reviews from Letterboxd and give a one sentence review and a star rating. Okay, this is by number one Gizmo fan. Make a three hour Ant-Man movie and you'll have my respect. Pretty funny. You know what? I wouldn't be mad at that because I really enjoy it. I loved Ant-Man. Um, my favorite one, part in the movie is when he was like, flick me and he bent right over. Oh my God, I thought that was hilarious butt. when he flicked So him. funny. That was really funny. Okay, so this other one is from former movie enjoyer, three and a half stars. After much del- much deliberation, I'm ready to speak my truth. I think the Hulk looks kind of hot in this movie. <laughs> well, look, you don't have to deliberate much at all. He looked hot in other movies where we yeah. saw him in a towel. Yeah, we I, like Hulk. 
<laughs> the Hulk is hot, but can you, I just like, that's an anal fissure waiting to happen. I'm <laughs> sorry. I like, there's just not enough lube in the world. Like, the pain is out of control. I mean, I would yeah. take it because I would need, I need to know what it feels like. I would do it. I would just do it's it. Truly At gotta least be once. like four Coke cans. There are Hulk dildos out there um, that are like supposed of to look like I'm what, on it, it, what I'm it might actually look too. like. We've never typed so fast in our life. <laughs> I mean, it's on Etsy. It's on Etsy. It is on oh, Etsy. That was oh, my first. Oh, oh, wow. Oh. Okay, like some of them are good and some of them are not good. Um, I have some notes on some of these, but there's one that is really shiny. Do you see that one? Yeah. The first one that appears that is $345 is wild. It has, this is incredible. It has, does he have balls? This is also pretty, it's like squat. Yeah, I'm looking at that one. I don't like that one. Yeah, That one is, first of all, so expensive. The balls are like an extra Play-Doh sack attached to it. Like what's happening? And it's nine and a half inches. Oh, wait. Usable length is only six inches. Maximum, because the balls, maximum (laughs) girth is uh, three and a half inches. Okay, well, the the head girth is 2.4. The the head girth, I don't love. Um, (laughs) The description is, you will love me when I'm angry. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's wild. There's only one review. Amazing quality, super fast shipping. Well, it's really expensive. I feel like not many people are buying that thing. Also, this product is so gigantic, it won't fit into their standard dildo packaging. Uh, you get so a, what it gets a, in a, dil- big box. a dilgo. Oh, dilgo, I think is the company. You get a, a drawstring sport pack for free. That you can wear on your back? I guess so. Like, where are you off Ooh. to? <laughs> when the dildo needs a backpack. That, th- <laughs> that moment when the dildo needs a backpack. Oof. That feeling when. No. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, Joel, what is your one sentence review and star rating of this film? Um, I'm going to say um, my one sentence review for this movie is it is for little boys like <laughs> me. And, um, and, and in this case, boy is non-gendered. Uh, let me be very clear. Okay. Let me be very clear. I mean, spiritually. Um, and I'm going to give this one. Is it how, out of how many stars? Five. Five. Four. For sure. Four. Good. Okay. Um, I'm going to give it. Oh God, it's so hard to give mm-hmm. these really high mm-hmm. scores because I'm also going like, why am I watching this? You know, I have a hard time mm-hmm. focusing um, compared to other things. I'm like, I did think it was like a smartly. Ri- okay. So I'm going to say smartly written. Um, complicated storylines, loved the romance. <laughs> but I'll give it four stars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what I gave Infinity War. I know that's the thing. I'm like, I don't have my bar figured out. Yeah, I'm gonna give it four and a half stars. I I really liked it. Okay, so my one sentence review was they explained where the dust people went, and I like that. Good time. (laughs) time. Oh my God. All right. Well, we did it. We We really did it. it. Well, Joel, you're so awesome. Thank you for doing this. Yes. Thank you you for having me. What would you like to plug? 
Um, yeah, she said it up top. Watch Fire Island on Hulu. Watch my stand-up special on Netflix, Psychosexual on Netflix. And watch uh, Loot on Apple TV+. So many good yes. things. So many wonderful things. I'm so excited to watch your special. It's out Me now. Too. It's out June 21st. So I think yes, by the yes, time yes. this, Ugh, I'm so excited. this it will be out. That's yeah. so awesome. Yeah. It was like a joy to like, I know I didn't watch you like work out the whole thing, but like I've seen you perform so many times. So I'm like excited to see what jokes I know made it in. I'm just so proud of you. And like, it feels Thank so good. Thank you. Saying I'm proud sounds wild, but I'm so joyful for your success. I love you. Oh, Joel. Thank that's you a really so nice much. way of saying that. Thank you. That's so oh sweet. My God. Thank you. I really appreciate that. It's so <laughs> exciting. And okay, we will be back next week with WandaVision. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. a HeadGum original.